Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. It's time for episode number 33, folks. Nick McVicker in studio, once again, by myself, because quarantine is mean. Um, joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my great co-host, Irfan Manji. How you doing today, Irfan? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm good. A little tired. A lot of, yeah, lot of uh, hard news coming out every day, so it's tough to, tough to be stuck inside, but we're all surviving. We're getting through it. Every week is different, which is good. Yeah. And this week we actually had sports news to talk about, so it's great. (laughs) Um, Today we have not one, but two special guests. Chris Manella is joining us again from York 9. How are you doing today, Chris? Good, how are you guys? Good, good. Happy to have you back. I know it's only been two weeks, but it's great to have you back on. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Happy to be back. Killing some time. (laughs) And Chris brought a guest himself. Um, owner of Hollywood Canteen at 1841 Danforth, Michael Orlando. How you doing today, Mike? Great, 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 guys. Nice to be here. If you guys notice, Mike did make a guest appearance on the last show episode that Chris was on. Um, but we did not know at the time that he was a big movie buff. And not only that, he has a movie store with this Hollywood Canteen. So we wanted to bring him on since it is the final week of Movie Madness. And we do have... Our final matchup. So let's get right into that in our kickoff segment brought to you by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni. And after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special team's game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. So the final matchup is set. Out of the hockey baseball side, the baseball movie won and Moneyball is in the final after beating Miracle. And on the football basketball side, the number one seed has made it through from the football region. Remember the Titans. So our final matchup is Moneyball Versus remember the Titans. We're going to defer to our guests. So, Michael, Chris, what is your thoughts about this matchup? Well, uh, just uh, some comments on the whole setup. Um, sports in film has uh, had an interesting uh, evolution. Uh, and particularly, it's most evident in hockey. Almost every hockey movie is fictional. There, with a couple of exceptions, Miracle being one of them, um, does a hockey movie seldom actually deal with the sports of hockey. It's, it's just used as a backdrop, as most sports movies are. They don't really deal with the sport itself. 
Now, your finalists all do deal with the sport itself, so that's an interesting way that kind of pad out. But when you throw a movie like Space Jam, which is a very popular film, probably the most popular basketball movie ever made, up against Miracle, you got people having to make a choice. Do I want a serious movie about a sport or do I just want a fun movie about the sport? So I think next time you do it, you, you might want to break them down into two different categories. But I find it interesting that your guests and, or your people who are voting have ended up with serious movies about the sports they represent. But for the longest time, Hollywood just used the sport to highlight somebody's life, you know, his personal troubles. Um, you know, a team was down and out. They, it's a no-name team, but they're down and out, and they somehow become over overcome odds, like the Mighty Ducks, and that formula where teams that aren't going to win at all aren't expected to win through grit and determination and a little bit of luck end up winning their sport. That, that's the formula that they use for every sport. Rocky is the, the, the best example of that. I, I was kind of surprised that – did you include boxing as a sport? No, we only had the four sports for this one. We were thinking oh, about we doing an alternate bracket as well, but we just went with the four sports for this one. Because uh, boxing is Hollywood's largest film source. Right. It, it, the, the most sports films were made on boxing, followed by baseball. Uh, basketball is way, way back there. And hockey isn't really even on the list as far as Hollywood production goes. Right. And the, all those sports have really taken off in the last 10, 15 years, which is where, you know, your, your, your movies come from. But back to your question. The, the, the two guys that... Uh, Two films that you got. Uh, I, I can see them both being good. I'm surprised Miracle lost out. So I was too. Who did they lose out to? Was the they lost to Moneyball. Moneyball. Yeah, I didn't find uh, Moneyball that in, you know engaging. It was very informative, and you know I love Brad Pitt, but um, I, I don't. I, it it didn't really grip me the way Miracle did. There was no emotional input. And there's a lot of emotional input and remember the Titans. Absolutely. Too. So so that I think might make Remember the Titans win because when you're watching a movie, you can watch it kind of clinically and interesting. Or you can get involved with the movie. And I don't think Moneyball for me anyway, maybe baseball guys thought it was really kind of gripping and interesting, but I found no emotional input on Moneyball at all. Mm -hmm. So would the matchup is, sorry, of Miracle and Moneyball right now going in? No, it's Moneyball versus Remember. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. Mm. Did, you, did you like Miracle? Personally, I love Miracle. I actually had Miracle beating yeah. Moneyball last week, so <laughs> I lost. Yeah, I think a lot of it, yeah. There's, there's no let-up in Miracle. No. It's, it's pretty intense from beginning to end, and it's based on a true story, and they don't uh, they don't elaborate and take poetic license on any scenes, and it's 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 pretty good. It, you know, for it's probably the number one hockey film 
And I, I uh, then you run that up against uh, something like Slapshot, uh, <laughs> which is the movie that put hockey in film on the map. Because yeah. prior to that, the hockey uh, inventory in film was pretty bleak. Mm-hmm. But then along comes Slapshot with a big star that made a ton of money. And uh, Americans were really into hockey at that time. It was uh, mid-'70s. And uh, it, it sort of opened up the door for all the hockey films that followed. And there, there's some, been some pretty good ones, but um, I think Miracle was a good choice to come out of the hockey world. Yeah. Well, it's and funny you football, mentioned that Slapshot one because it actually did beat Slapshot in the second round to face Mighty in Ducks the in the hockey round. final. So <laughs> that, that was kind of a bad you know, a bad rung, you know, for them to go up against each other so early in the round. Yeah, it was, it was very tough for us to rank these, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, uh, because uh, Slapshot, again, is a fictitious movie, but they almost made it real. Yeah. And it, and it, it kind of, it kind of hooked a lot of people into the, uh, the reality of hockey, you know, like the, 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 the brutalism of hockey and the Americans loved it. Cause that's, you know, Philadelphia was uh, the broad street bullies at the time. And, um, it, it really played into what Americans thought hockey was. Well, for sure. And that's what changed. The miracle on ice has evolved it to what it is now. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing. And it might go, uh, go t- uh, simply break down to what's your favorite sport. That's for I sure not possibility. Favorite, yeah, what, not what's your favorite movie, sports movie. It's like, do you like baseball more than you like football? Mm. Yeah, I, okay, I'm voting for Moneyball. Yeah. It's true. All right, yeah. so when it comes down to it, though, you think Remember the Titans is going to win, right, Michael? For me, yeah, I, I would. But yeah. like I say, I is the baseball audience bigger than the football audience? I don't know. a good know. question. I guess we will find I, I would, out. Chris, Chris, who's your vote? I'm going to go with Remember the Titans, and not just because he's picking them, but I'm going to go with them. <laughs> Maybe because he's all spiel and says it and lays it out properly, but I'm going to go with it anyway. <laughs> I like it. I like it. What did you guys think of Moneyball? Irfan, I'll let you go, yeah. I thought it was Sure, like I thought it was great, but I thought 42 was much better than Moneyball, which was our previous round matchup between uh, the two baseball giants. Um, I mean, like you said with Miracle, it had you know a story, it was real life, it was about the struggles of a, an African American baseball player. Um, and like I, I get how great Moneyball actually is, but I for me, I, my, my favorite movie kind of got destroyed earlier on, which so was I, which 40. was 42, which was 42, yeah. Um, so I do think Remember the Titans kind of takes this one just because um, they're great. It's a good movie. Denzel Washington's in it. It's uh, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. It's a Walt Disney production company movie. So, I mean, if you look at the little details and you can't choose, I mean, I think Remember the Titans will sneak out here. Yeah, I mean, for my personal my personal insight on Moneyball, it, it's a great movie. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a big statistics and like trying to figure out the best way to put a team together. So for me, it was very interesting the first time watching through and then watching it back a couple of times, you see the intricacies and you know the story a little bit better. Um, I like it. I did. I was with Irfan. I thought 42 was going to beat Moneyball in the baseball final. 
Um, and now when you get to the actual final, I, I've been leading Remember the Titans the whole way. It's one of my top five favorite movies. Uh, I also thought Coach Carter was going to make it to the final, and that obviously did not happen. Um, but in the final, I have to lean Remember the Titans as well, and we'll make it a clean sweep. Um, I just think it's the movie itself is so well done. It covers so many tough topics, and when you get down to it, that's that's the biggest part of these movies, and it, it was so well done. No question. No question. Um, for the basketball side, I don't think you had a movie called Blue Chips. No, it was it was the next one that we were going to put in, but I was the only one who has who has seen it out of our group, apparently. Yeah, it, it, it does, did not do well at the theater, and uh, it, it's pretty good. It's I agree. It's a pretty good basketball movie. Yeah. yeah, I was also disappointed that Hoosers had to go up against Coach Carter in the first round because that is a great basketball movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, uh, that that would be if you did a poll and your viewers can can Google best sports movies of all time. Hoosers gets the number one yeah. in basketball, almost almost uh, without and and Miracle and Slapshot are the one two. Usually for hockey. Every time, so yeah. you know that. Uh, remember the Titans is uh, in the top three on the football list, for sure. Uh, longest Yard. Yep. Just, you know, I think when, when you're talking movies, uh, entertainment value almost wins the day over, um, over content. So, like I say, if you can get emotionally involved with the film, either laughing or heart tugs mm-hmm. it, it will win out and and um miracle is almost purely informative yes there's a lot of uh if you're an athlete you can relate to the uh, pressures but a non-athlete doesn't really get all that when they're watching miracle right whereas anybody athlete or non-athlete gets big emotional impact from remember the yeah. Titans. no matter what yeah oh absolutely yeah it's it's one of those things where it's so hard to nitpick when you get down to the finals and remember the Titans has that emotional impact regardless of where you're at, who you are, how old you are. It has, it still has that hit. So I agree with you 100%. Um, are there any movies that you think that we totally missed on our bracket that, uh, we need to add other than blue chips, obviously. I figured he would. So, Specialize in original movie posters, okay. From, uh, all different films and film books. So this is a this is a book that we that. have in the store right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, it only goes up. 19, it only goes up to 1990. It's a sports film encyclopedia, yeah. And it lists every, every genre, every uh, film uh, that was made on that genre. And it's interesting. This book was published in 1987. Hockey doesn't have a genre. Wow. In this, that, that shows you how that has changed. Because prior to that, uh, like I say, Slapshot was pretty well the only hockey film of any uh, worth. Right. So um, this will list all the movies. And I picked out uh, Did Mystery Alaska, did that make your bracket? It did. It was number eight in the hockey one. 
Again, I was the only one yeah. to see it, so it got knocked down. But uh, it is on there. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Goon, uh, I think, uh, is strictly a Canadian thing. But Americans did like it because it is really Slapshot over the top. You know, yeah. It's like, it went up against totally Slapshot in the first round. Yeah, and, and it lost to Slapshot, I hope. I think it did. Yes, right? it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> Oh, you, you got that one, and then uh, for for basketball, I I was like surprised Hoosiers went out so fast, and then Blue Chip, I would have definitely included that one, but the, the other ones you had were pretty good, and boxing wasn't on the list, so we won't go there. But baseball, did you, you didn't seem to include, or maybe you did, and they went out early, like stuff like Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams made it to Durham. round two, yeah. Bull Durham did not make the list. It was like one of our next ones. Okay, and um, uh, the natural was uh, yeah. Robert Redford. Another one that was on the next list. Was close. Yeah. And bang the drum slowly. It was yeah. ranked number eight. Lost in the first round to forty-two. See that, and and that's the other thing uh, when you do a poll like this. Yeah. Your viewership. Probably a lot of them never saw Bank of Drum slowly. I, no. I think I was the only one out of our three. So. Because <laughs> that was the first uh, official. Well, Lou Gehrig, the story of Lou Gehrig with Barry, uh, Gary Cooper, Pride of the Yankees. I don't know if you know that yep. movie. 1942. Yep. Uh, he died of illness that was foreign to everybody, and it's taken its name, Lou Gehrig's disease. And. Um, that was kind of a gut, gut-wrenching film to watch, so you don't see him pass. But in Bang the Drum Slowly, uh, baseball movies were on a run until about 1955, and then Hollywood got very serious about movie making. So most sports films uh, did not exist from 55 to about 1970. Right. They're just, they're just, people just weren't interested. They wanted good stories and all kinds of stuff. But Bang the Drum Slowly is the story of a, it's a, it's a documentary, but it's a film. Robert De Niro plays a, a catcher who has a rare disease, and he's dying. Mm-hmm. Professional team, and they want to cut him because he might not make the season, but the pitcher, who is his close friend, insists on keeping him until the end of the season. Yep. And it's, it's, it's a real tearjerker, like men just... <laughs> couldn't couldn't uh, control themselves, and it 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 brought uh, baseball movies back to the fold. That movie, but it's a real emotional, fantastic film. So you should put that on your list. But again, on there, yeah. your 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 fan base has got to be between what thirty and fifty. Uh, again, we go a little younger on that one. There, I think we're <laughs> a, little, a little younger. I think we're twenty-two to forty, maybe. I don't know. Honestly, I, we, we can't really tell who listens, and we hope everyone listens. But, <laughs> yeah, we're probably in the 20 to 30 range more than anything. Yeah, yeah so that, that you know, you're wise to not put a, a movie like that on. It, it, did, on it did make the list. It was number eight on our baseball it did, bracket. It was a, yeah, lost early. Oh, it just lost early. It lost to 42 in the first round. There's a similar heartbreaking uh, football film called Brian's Song. That was another one that I wanted to put on, but it didn't make the list either. I've seen a yeah, lot of sports but, movies, apparently. That <laughs> you, see, you, see, 
But you seem to be quite the movie buff yourself. You've seen all of I've, I'm telling you honestly, I've not seen a, a good portion of these. And then you keep telling me some things, and I'm just like, they they seem like great movies that I just never seen. Yeah, no, I I spent a lot of time watching movies between sporting events as a kid. So <laughs> for football, like did you put on uh, North Dallas Forty? No, that one didn't make the list. That's or another good one too. Those are two pretty good fun football movies, but yeah. they 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 take you kind of inside the locker room and they they show you how banged up the uh, the players get playing football. So it it, it was pretty good. Uh, they they went with the big male stars of the time: uh, Paul Newman, Robert Redford, um, Burt Reynolds. You know, made some of the best sports movies too. When you put Longest Yard on, was it the Burt Reynolds version or the Adam Sandler version? Uh, we had the, the Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler version, <laughs> but see, and that 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 pales to the Burt Reynolds one. It, it, the Burt Reynolds one is. I don't know. It still made it to the football final, so <laughs> <laughs> beat out Rudy. Beat out well, We Are the Mar- We Are Marshall to get to the final and lost to Remember the Titans. So did pretty good. So anyway, this uh, this is the kind of stuff we have at the store. This is the uh, oh sweet. Nice. This is the original movie poster. This is a book, by the way. This poster sells for about a hundred thousand dollars. It's the original movie poster for uh, Babe Comes Home, where he played himself. It's a 1926 film. Yeah. So they they have posters for any movie that made. This is the kind of stuff we sell at the store. This is the uh, the baseball uh, the uh, football pitch. Wow! So Rudy here, which I think did pretty well in your in your bracket. Ah, uh, no, it lost in the first yeah. round of longest yard, actually. <laughs> See, if your if your demo, demographics were a little older than forty, Ru, Rudy would have made it to the final. Absolutely. Honestly. This is the one that has the most emotional investment in any film I know. Everybody yeah. loves Rudy. Never mind the football part of it. That, again, that's. But uh, this is a big time favorite for I don't know how many people. And then there's uh, this is North Dallas Forty. That that's a great movie. Uh, All the right moves with Tom Cruise. I, again, you you just have to be familiar. This was a good movie about um, terrorists attacking the Super Bowl called Black Sunday. With Charlton Heston, that's a very good movie. Two Minute Warning is another terrorist movie on uh, attacking football. football. So, there, yeah, again, a lot of movies they just use football as a backdrop. They're not really football movies. They get included on the list. So, I thought you guys did a good job of of preparing the bracket and doing that kind of stuff. So, well, thank you. Appreciate. (laughs) You might do one. Just if you want to do it again, just one on boxing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had boxing on my list that I sent to Nick a little while ago, but um, we didn't we didn't end up choosing boxing as our, our main sport there. But next up. And when and when I'm saying when he just happened to walk by and it was the perfect guy to be included in that tidbit of like a sort of a minute talking about a movie. This is what I'm talking. About. <laughs> it was happening. 
It was great. And you know what? It was funny because right after that episode, after I put it live, Chris, you texted me and said he he loved it and he had a good time talking about it. So we we figured a way to get him on and it's a great time to have him on for our final to go over everything. I think we really appreciate you guys joining us today. Uh, so the vote will start on Monday and go through Friday next week. Go through Friday, and so you'll make the big announcement next Saturday. Yep. That's exciting. That's the plan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we will make sure that we let Chris know ahead of time so you can be prepared and ready to go for who the winner is, okay? Okay, that's terrific. (laughs) And and another thing uh, that's interesting, Miracle never played in the theater. It right. went right to television. So uh, that would also limit your your fan base to a degree. And remember the Titans, you know, movies on the big screen have a, a, a bigger impact on people than they do watching them on television. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So the fact that Miracle okay. made it all the way to the Final Four is pretty impressive. It yeah. is impressive, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, Thank you guys for coming on. We really appreciate it. And Michael, your knowledge on sports movies is incredible. We will next time we do one of these brackets, we will make sure to have you back on in the first round, so you can set the whole thing up. Um, yeah. Okay. Do your, do your viewers write in, ask you questions, and stuff like that? Uh, we've had a couple, yeah. Uh, not many. But <laughs> well, if you get any on film, just send them my way, and we'll, uh, we'll answer. For sure. We will do that. No problem. All right. But that'll do it for our kickoff segment. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, check them out at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. Chris, Mike, we know you guys got lots to do. We don't want to keep you any longer, so we appreciate you joining us. Um, we'll have you on soon, I'm sure, if we need more content for movies. Mike, you're the first one we're calling. Okay, great. Thank you. Nice, guys. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. That was awesome. Um, I think we got more out of that than we thought, Irfan. <laughs> that was great. I mean, the fact that he had so many movie suggestions that weren't even on our list, uh, I thought it was fantastic. I think next time we make a bracket, though, we should probably have him help us make it. Oh, for sure. Because I think we just, like, we just went, it doesn't matter, we're tossing genres out of it, we're just going to go with the best movies that we personally thought were yeah. tops in the sports, and to have him tell us a movie like Rudy should have been higher, that that would have been great knowledge for us. I don't know if he thought Rudy should have been higher, but the fact that Rudy lost in the first round because it went up against the longest yard, I think he thought that was where we had an issue. That but. was, yeah, I mean... To be fair, though, when we did make that bracket, we did we seed Rudy a little higher than than longest yard. Yeah, so Rudy was our three. We, we we yeah exactly. So I thought we we might have just been like, oh, that's something that shouldn't have gone through. But he was right when he said that our our fan base is is a different age group, and that that plays to yeah for sure to how they're choosing their movies and their stuff. And I think that's why we had a harder time putting movies from the '90s or the '70s because we're like, well, we don't know if our fan base has seen some of them. We also don't. The other thing was that a bunch of the movies that he was saying, like, yeah. we sometimes hadn't seen them. Like, I felt very yeah. vindicated that a lot of the movies he was saying uh, was on our like the list that I had at the end of the next ones up. 
right? You like, did. Yeah. I was so happy. Like, yeah. Blue Chips, I knew it was there. Brian's song, I knew should have been there. <laughs> like it was, yeah. it was vindication. But there were some movies that he mentioned. I'm just like, don't never never heard of it. So next time we no, will definitely like work together to uh, put sure. a better bracket. I guess, even though I thought ours was pretty good. <laughs> ours was really good. I think, I think we'd ask him about football movies to be like, here are the comedy football movies that kind of face off each other, and then you have the yeah. real serious stories, like the documentaries, and I think his knowledge of that was, like, it was amazing. Oh, for sure. Man, glad we got to have him on in the final week. Oh, so, me too. His little preview was fantastic. Yeah. In the show as well. So the vote for the final will be Monday through Friday this week, and this is the week of April 27th, starting on Monday. Um, it'll be up on Twitter for five days. It'll be on Instagram for only one. So you got to make sure you vote on Monday in order to get your vote in on Instagram. Um, same with Facebook. If you follow our Facebook page, it'll be up there for one day and one day only. So make sure you get your vote up. Um, let's move on, dude. And there's actually sports news this week. It's it's very rare, but there's sports news this week, and I am very, very happy about it. Um, the NFL draft happened, and if you were following our Twitter page, we were following the draft for four hours. You and Vardy did a good job with that, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, we wanted to make sure people were up to date. We tried to make the graphics pretty nice. We think we did an okay job. Let us know what you think on our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Send us an email. We don't care. Let us know what you thought of our coverage, what we can do better, what you want to see next time. Um, but we thought we did a half-decent job. The graphic for all of them looks so nice when they're all side-by-side. Side. I love that graphic. It made me so happy that it came together well. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm the graphic guy on the team. So any graphics that you see are mostly my my doing. So when it comes out nice, I'm very happy. Shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> but let's actually get to the draft itself. And it started off in the way that everyone thought it would start off. And Burrow went first. Chase Young went second. Okuda went third. The Giants took Thomas, which wasn't a stretch because he was ranked as the top tackle. And they needed uh, everything on the face of the earth. And then Tagovailoa Herbert went right after and then Derek Brown, Simmons, Henderson, and Wills uh, rounded out your top ten. There were some big winners on day one, some big losers on day one. Um, I'm going to go into the loser of day one, who happens to also be a loser on day two. And it's very, very frustrating to watch how they're making their picks as a fan of the team. Which, yes, I know I'm not supposed to be a fan as a part of the media, but we're all fans. And it's fine. But what the hell are Green Bay doing? I I don't understand the thought process in their first two picks. Listen, I have nothing nothing against Jordan Love. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback, could potentially be a great quarterback. I don't think he's going to be the elite level that we talk about. Like we have our top 3, top 4 as elite quarterbacks, right? And then there's the next group, which are great quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, and then bad quarterbacks, right? I think he's going to be top end of good or into great, eventually. And I think he could be a great piece for the Packers. 
But listen, in the first round, when you have Aaron Rodgers, who isn't slowing down and isn't looking like he's going anywhere anytime soon, and a team that went to the conference championship last year, why the hell are you taking a quarterback? Like, what what possible reason could you be taking a quarterback? Yes, I know everyone's comparing it to when Rodgers was drafted and it, to back up Favre, but what like there's so many more bigger needs that you could have done. Wide receiver. Hello. There was tons of great wide receivers in this draft and you skipped on all of them. Denzel Mims was there. He would have been a game breaker in that Packers offense. Because there would be no way teams would be able to mark Adams and him. It's just not possible. And instead you trade up to the 26th pick and lose your fourth round pick to get a quarterback. Like, what? And then to top it off, in the second round, you go and pick a running back. A position you don't need because you have a running back. Like, what are you thinking? I just don't get it. Like, I don't know. And I'm obviously a Packer fan. Like, that's well known. As I say that, the Bills jersey is right behind me. Um, I just don't get it. You didn't need a quarterback. You didn't need a running back. You have both of those positions in spades. And yet your first two picks are quarterback running back? Like, what are you, what is your thoughts, Irfan, before I lose my mind? Yeah, I'm going to stop you before you throw something at <laughs> the camera there. Um, no, in reality, you look at the Packs team last year, their defense is great. The problem they had was their offense went cold when they needed them the most, right? Right. I'm confused by the pick. I thought, I know we talked about the Saints probably taking love uh, as a backup to Brees because Brees is a little bit older. Right. Um, that makes sense. That Packers, <laughs> right? And But I, I also did mention that the Packers could be in the mix because of whatever the Packers GM thinks through his little brain there. Um I completely agree with you. A receiver or an offensive line tackle or something of the sort to help their offense. Cornerback even. Go cornerback. I don't care. We need one of those too. Yeah, but. <laughs> Sorry. This guy's not going to play. No, look, he's not going to play, um, but he has one of the best mentors in the league. So if they're looking at a transition, then this is good. He might be a good quarterback going into this draft, but he could be a great to a top tier, great quarterback by the end of it. I don't understand it, though. You know, I'm agreeing with you on that part. But if he's looking for a mentor, it's either you know Brady, Breeze, or um, Rogers at this point, right? So I don't think uh, Brady would have want, wanted his team to pick up another quarterback, and clearly Breeze. I don't know, but in reality, it, that those two picks don't make sense for the Packers. No. Now, not all teams drafted as bad as the Packers did. There were some teams who did a very, very good job. Miami being one? Miami day one did very well. 
they they managed I'm to surprised. get three picks, and pretty much all three picks were high quality and filled a position of need. Tua Tagovailoa may be the riskiest pick in the draft. Yes. Just because of injury concerns, and you just don't know, right? But listen, the kid is electric. When he's on the field, he's electric. And he sees the game better than most QBs. There's no denying that. He can pick apart defenses, and he did for two years at Alabama in the SEC and NC2A across all the divisions. So he was a great pick, and they made the right decision. He has a very good ceiling. It's just, again, his injuries are a concern, and that's probably why he dropped down to fifth. Um, but I don't know if that's well, why. I think no, the reason he think dropped down to fifth, just mm-hmm. hear me out on this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll debate it. I'm happy to debate. Don't worry. The reason that he dropped down to fifth is because Joe Burrow had an un-freaking-believable season. Yes. So he was going number one. The team in two didn't need a quarterback in Washington because they had Dwayne Haskins. The team in three didn't need a quarterback because Matt Stafford is still living, breathing, and throwing the football in Detroit. And the team in four didn't need a quarterback because they just got their guy last year in Daniel Jones. Or two years ago. No, last year. So the reason he dropped down to fifth was because of Burrow. If Burrow didn't have the season that he did, Tugavailoa would have been first regardless. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that that would have been the case. But because of the season that Burrow had, and people thought that he was going to be better and healthier and ready to go first year as opposed to second year, even though the Bengals still have Dalton, I'm saying by week four, Burrow's starting. No, and that's... That's that's not even a shot at Dalton. That's the sad thing. It's just because you took a guy first round, first overall. He's going to play in the first year. And if he doesn't, they're finally smart. Give him a year. Let Dalton play out a year. And then let Burrow start next year. But he's going to play. And he's probably going to do fine. Not great, but fine. Because the rest of the team is trash. Hot take: The Bengals are trash. Um, but that's that. but that's why Tugavailoa fell to five. Yeah, but I'm I'm also saying that before the start of the season, he was supposed he, to be one of the better players to go into the draft. Yeah, he was number one. Right, but I think the, he was number one. But I think the way, but I think the way that the draft picks sort of laid out, he could have been higher than fifth if it was, let's say, a different team that needed a quarterback. Of course, I'm just saying. Of course, right? no, I agree. Right. I think but if we look if we're looking at if we're looking at the people that are the teams that are there now, he, it was either one or five. Exactly. Right? No, and that's what and I'm saying. I, I was just saying I don't think I it was his fault. It, no, no. But I was saying let's say it was a team that needed a quarterback, right? Let's say Tampa Bay didn't go and get Dan, yeah, um, Brady, Brady, yeah. Hypothetically, and they were a little bit higher, you would have assumed that he would have been Oh, absolutely. You know, no, I'm I agree. Just, I'm, I'm saying that, yeah, but um but the guy has a huge ceiling. I think he's a fantastic player. I thought Miami did a hell of a job in this draft. Yeah. Um, that was I one pick. We still have two more first-round picks that we have to go through for them. Austin Jackson. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly go through them because Austin Jackson, he, he might be the project of the three, right? Mm-hmm. But 
if he turns into the talent that everyone thinks he can be, they got a great pick at 18. There's no doubt about it. And then, oh, I'm going to totally screw this name up, but I'm going to try it. Igbenogany. I think that was right. Um, Might have been a little bit of a reach, but the fact that he's going to slot in beside Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, man, that's, that is a dangerous three cornerbacks, man. That's going to be hard for a lot of teams to beat straight up. And he's going to be a slot, slot nickelback um, cornerback, and he's going to be good. And then you look at their second day, and, I mean, they might have actually lost day two, but one overall. Right? Getting Raekwon Davis at 56 is not a bad, not a bad pick either. Right? Not at all. No. Um, the Brandon Jones one has a, a bunch of red flags, but I mean, he's a good player. He can play. So they, they definitely won. Um, the Cowboys, those freaking Cowboys actually did something right and drafted well. Um, they got C.D. Lamb in the first round, who managed to fall to them at 17. They didn't have to move, and they still got him. Um, then they took a cornerback in Trayvon Diggs and they, on round two at 51, who was considered a day one talent, but probably going to go in second round anyway. Um, so he'll slot in at cornerback after Byron Jones' departure, as we just mentioned, because he went to Miami. And then they managed to pick up the Canadian in uh, Neville Gallimore to shore up their defensive line. And he was, according to CBS, he was the 36th ranked prospect, and they got him at, what, 70 or something? 82. 82? Something like that. Like, that's impressive. That's a good draft. Dallas actually did something right. Doesn't happen often. <laughs> something actually fell into their lap and they took it. Right oh, man. That, that lamb pick, like, they, they must have run to the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, we want to pick this guy now. No, no, no. We don't want to think. Just put his name down. We're taking no, him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other teams? Well, they need no, they filled a need. I thought they was good. Oh, for sure. Um, I thought Tampa Bay, the Bucks did a good job at 13 with an offensive tackle. We, you know, Brady needs some sort of support. And oh, for sure. They, they, they did a good job filling in stuff that they needed, which was actually a theme this um, this draft where teams actually picked guys they needed, not, yeah. I don't know, picked up a quarterback or a running back. I don't know. Oh, you mean like Green Bay? Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways, um, another team that did well is a team in Green Bay's division. The Minnesota Vikings drafted very well. They had, in the first round... They took Justin Jefferson, who managed to fall to them at 22, because they're lucky. Then they traded back in the draft, picked up the 31st, 117th, and 176th picks, and with the 31st pick, they picked up Jeff Gladney, who is now going to be opposite, who is now, sorry, who is now going to take the place of Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes, he might have one of the highest IQs in the draft. And now you're going to, like, football IQ, football IQ. 
Um, you're going to get a, almost a plug-and-play player because he can learn systems so fast. So they got two first-round picks that are going to play day one. And then they went out in day two and picked up Ezra Cleveland as a lineman. And then, you know, just solidly added another cornerback in Cameron Dantzler. <laughs> they picked based on need, and it worked, and they did well with it. The teams that picked based on need made an impact. Yeah. Right? And I wish Kyle was here. Um, he couldn't. He couldn't be here today. But he was watching... All of round one and two and three. He was making picks before teams were making picks. He knew. And he said that these guys were doing the right thing finally. So. Yeah. I think quarantine actually let them think a little bit better. It's funny. I think. I was reading an article before the draft. And they said that this draft might be the least surprising draft in a long time. Because teams are going to have to go based off of need and skill level at the at the position, as opposed to when you go to the combine and when you get to interview these players and talk to them face to face. Sometimes you fall in love with a player, not yes. actually, but you yeah, know what like I mean. That's you go. That's the player. That's the mentality. That's the, the t- type of talent right? you want on our team, regardless of where they fall in. Exactly, yeah. and sometimes people get caught with that, and because they haven't had the chance to like get sit down face to face with somebody and get to know them a little mm-hmm. better, they didn't have the opportunity to do that. And I think that's why teams drafted better this year than they have in years past. Because they filled the need that they wanted. It wasn't based on, hey, I really like this guy, but he has no role right now. But we're still going to take him because we like the guy. Right. So I think that was a big thing. And that, that or I can't remember where I read that article. I kind of wish I did. Because um, it was very well written. And it was it was smart. Like Teams are picking not based on emotion. They're picking based on need. And it made a difference. Except for Green Bay. Just, I can't get over that. I'm, I'm so frustrated. It's it's ridiculous. I just, I don't understand. I I I am honestly getting to be at a loss for words. Like it's so frustrating. There there must be something that they were thinking. I don't know. Is Rogers done? I don't know. No. I hope not. So Rogers is gonna I, play until he's forty two. No 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 no. I, I'm not saying that he's. In, no, no, I meant like in the sense that I'm trying to get into the mindset of the GM. No, I know. I, I understood what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, I think Rogers is going to play for another six, seven years. Like he's Yeah, he's going to play until he's 42, at least. Yeah. And he's 36, so that's six years. Yeah, there you go. See, we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he's a talent. Dude, they were 13-3 and three last year with the subpar offense. The guys, imagine if he's clicking on all ends. I'm just saying. I'm I just know. Saying. Imagine they gave him another receiver to throw to other than Adams. Because <laughs> as good as Adams is, and he's good, if you have one player, teams are going to key on that one player. Go figure. Well, yeah. You look at what the Pats did last year. They had nothing but Edelman for Brady to want to throw to. And when he got shut down, he got shut down, and the Pats didn't really make it anywhere. So Yeah. Like, listen. Thinking of transitioning a player into a wide receiver, 
who? Are they trying to pick up a free agent? I don't know. Or make a trade? I don't know. I don't know. But, like, no offense to these guys, but, like, Alan Lazard is probably a number three receiver on most teams. He's our number two. We picked up Devin Funches in the offseason. Woo. Remember when he was coming out of university, he was highly rated. He ain't highly rated anymore. Uh, Aqu- Equinemius St. Brown was great last year, but uh, he's not good enough to move the needle. Jake Kumaro is not big, good enough to move the needle, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling was a rookie last year, and he did great. Don't get me wrong. I think he could be a number two at some point, but he's not there. Like, you needed that top-end receiver talent that we could have got. You needed a game-breaker, like Denzel Mims. And you didn't take them. You didn't do it. They could have also taken a lineman. Like, there's so many options, and you didn't do any of them. You took a running back and a quarterback. Like, you're just, you're, you're just asking for the fan base to hate you at that point. Like, actually, that, that's what you're asking. No, it's true. But unless they're, they're, they took a guy like Jordan Love, who, who was pretty good uh, at the college level, do you... Do you flip them for no? I know, but do you flip them for something? Better? No, That's they won't. Because the thing is, we need an actual backup quarterback. Because our backup quarterback was Tim Boyle. All right. Right. Like. So there you go. You you got a first round pick and got a backup quarterback out of it. But you could have gotten Eason in the second round. Yeah. If you wanted to go quarterback. And you want to go a quarterback similar to the last two quarterbacks you've had, by the way, in Favre and Rodgers, who are gunslingers and good at it? Mm-hmm. You could have gotten Eason in the second round, who is that prototypical, I'm going to throw the ball as far as humanly possible and someone's got to catch it, quarterback. Mm-hmm. But no, instead we we wasted a first round pick. And you traded up for it. And we traded up for it. Thank you, Irfan, for proving a point. We wasted a first-round pick on a quarterback to be a backup for a few years. Like, it's... (laughs) We've beat this to a pulp now. It's still so disappointing, though. It is so disappointing. Um, Are there any other surprises, any other things you want to talk about? Quickly, can I just, before I say that, um, congratulations to Chase Claypool and Neville Gallimore, two Canadians drafted in the uh, NFL draft on day two. Claypool went to Pittsburgh, which I think he will be a great fit in Pittsburgh. Was hoping he'd kind of fall to Green Bay in the second round after we didn't take a wide receiver. That didn't happen, obviously. Um, he's he is such a good talent. I think, and I've been told that I'm an idiot by one of my uh, Mike DiStefano, who's been on the show before. Um, thinks that I'm an idiot, but I think he could be a very big piece for a team. Uh, maybe not in year one, but he is gonna he is an absolute freak of nature athlete. Um, can play tight end, wide receiver, slot, and outside. Might not beat people with speed on the outside, but not many cornerbacks are going to be able to catch the ball over him because he's just so big and he is fast. Like he, I think he ran a four, four 40 or something, mm-hmm. something like that. 
Um, he is a freak of nature. I think he's going to do really well. Gallimore is going to be an absolute beast on on the defensive line in a couple of years, and I think the Cowboys got a steal. Um, so congratulations to two Canadian boys representing the Great White North. Good job. Irfan, thoughts, surprises, I, people no, who th- you couldn't believe a, fell. I, I thought that's a good way. That's a good way to end draft talk. I mean, shout out to our Canadian boys. We're getting drafted, man. Congratulations, and uh, we hope to see you on the field. Oh, we will. We will. Yeah. I have faith. I think Claypool is now number two on the Pittsburgh depth chart. Let's see where they put him. Actually, they have him at four. On the Pittsburgh depth chart behind Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, and Deontay Johnson. I don't know. He'll, he'll play, though. He'll play. Um, Moving on. More sports news from this week. Oh, my God. We have more than one story, Irfan. <laughs> this time, moving over to baseball and the MLB finally laid down the law and punished the Boston Red Sox for their part in the ever-so-fun sign-stealing cheating scandal. And it was even softer than the Astros. Now, in their defense, I think the Boston Red Sox didn't cheat as much as the Astros. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, uh, they the cheated. Uh, 19.7%. Yeah, it's, it's sort of hard to say that they didn't cheat as bad or as much because they, they did cheat. They, that's the key. They did cheat. And um, the the oh geez. the punishment laid out to them is straightforward. They lost a draft pick. One draft pick. I believe it was a second yeah, rounder, second right? Rounder. Yep. yep Alex Cora is suspended for the 2020 season. Guess what, folks? That's this season and that hasn't started and might not happen. So if they don't play, he's not suspended at all. Stupid. And their video replay operator, who uh, the name... JT Watkins. Pardon? JT Watkins. Thank you. JT Watkins is suspended for the 2020 season and cannot take the same role in 2021. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was the one who the MLB has blamed for the scandal in Boston. Not Cora even though it was clearly his plan because he came over from the Astros who were already doing that. Um, so I, I guarantee Cora was the brainchild and Watkins was the facilitator. But regardless, it is not enough. I said this for the Astros and I'm going to say it now for the Red Sox. It is not enough. Because the Red Sox won a title the year that they cheated. Now again, I don't think they cheated the full season like the Astros did. I don't. I think it was a few games. And they stopped. But. They cheated. And they won the title. And all you did was suspend their manager for a year. And make them lose one draft pick. Guess what? That is not enough to dissuade teams from doing this in the future. The Astros' punishment was not enough to dissuade teams from doing it in the future. 
And all you've done is now you've set a precedent for this kind of thing. And not a good one if you're the MLB. Because you didn't suspend a single cheating player. You didn't suspend... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, this re- sorry, I don't mean to cut you off there, but the the re- this report didn't mention any players, right? Whereas the Astros, there was mentions of players, right? This is true, right? But sorry, continue your point. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's a valid point, right? The Astros won listed players. The Boston Red Sox one didn't. Now, might have might that been because they probably didn't cheat for as long of a time frame. Possibly. I don't know. We don't know. We obviously weren't involved in the inter- in the interrogation. We have no way to know that. So we're not going to speculate. We're not going to pretend like we know. But... The CBS Sports does a good job of just saying that it's the 2018 regular season that was impacted, and they right. said that there's no, uh, there no conduct in the playoffs. So. Right. Which is, I mean, I don't know. better, I guess? I mean, I, I guess you cheated to get in, but then you didn't cheat while you were in? I don't know. Cheating's cheating. Cheating's cheating, exactly. But what, I, what my thought is that you didn't suspend a single player. Mm-hmm. The managers who were suspended in Hinch and Cora may not actually have to face a single game of suspension because the season is might not happen. And that's mm-hmm. that. That's a possibility. Now, if the season happens, fine. You're, you get off scot-free. But imagine this 2020 season doesn't happen because of uh, the coronavirus, and these guys don't have to miss a game. Right? Yeah. Now, I know in the yeah, future, no. in the future, it's going to be different when you suspend a manager for a year because he'll actually be suspended for a year. <laughs> but they should have said he had a one-year suspension and not listed it as a 2020 not, suspension. Yeah, not 2020, but like in reality, let's say he, uh, let's say he don't have two years of baseball, he's suspended right as soon as baseball's back. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. The other thing is they didn't take the title away. They didn't vacate the title. Now, a lot of people a lot of people are up in arms about this. We've I've honestly had this conversation multiple times in class. We had a debate on this. This was actually my debate topic for class. And I think it's bro- I think I had to argue that the title should be taken away. And honestly, I'm not sure it should, but here was here was my reasoning that it should. And you can you can jump in any time, okay, Arfon? Whenever you feel ready. Yeah. This is the first time in Major League history that a team won the World Series in a season that they were caught cheating. I say caught cheating because obviously throughout history there wasn't as much technology to be able to catch teams cheating. Right now, this was the first time was the Astros. Guess what? They did it all the way through the playoffs too. The entire year. And if you look at their home and road splits in the playoffs, in comparison to some of the other teams, they were eight and one at home, and three and nine or three and six on the road. Their batting average was 50 points higher as a team at home. Evan Gaddis's batting average was 200 points higher. 
Jose Altuve's batting average was 150 points higher. Mm-hmm. Alex Bregman was over 100. It made a difference. The number of home runs they hit at home as opposed to on the road was higher. Everything pointed to them knowing what was coming. You want it you want to set a precedent, you vacate the title. You don't give it to the Dodgers. Because there's no way of knowing that the Dodgers would have beat whoever they came up against. It could have been the Astros. We don't know. That Astros team has talent. Don't get me wrong. They're a good baseball team without cheating. They could have made it to the World Series both years. Or, sorry, the year against the Dodgers. They could have beat the Dodgers. But they could have also lost to the Yankees, and the Yankees could have beat the Dodgers. Right? They could have lost to Boston, and Boston could have beat the Dodgers. Right? We don't know what would have happened had they not done this. So you can't give the title to the L.A. So you vacate it. You get rid of it. And people are like, well, what about all these times that it was cheated in the past? Yeah, but we don't know about the past because we didn't have the technology. Ready for this? There was two... There was two times in the past where teams were actually caught cheating and like stealing signs or throwing games. It was 1919 with the Black Sox scandal okay. where the Chicago White Sox intentionally threw games to try to win bets. Here's the key. They lost that series. And they lost on purpose. Right? So there's no title to take away. They didn't win it. The other team was in the 1940s, I believe. And it was the Brooklyn Dodgers. Hold on, I want to sign stealing. Gotta love Google. Um... But they lost the World Series as well. They didn't win the World Series while cheating. They lost. They still lost, yeah. They won the pennant, and they went they win as the representative from their league, but they lost the World Series. So you can't take that title away. You could take the pennant away. If you wanted to, go ahead, do it. But they didn't win the World Series. You're not vacating a title in any of the other instances. You're vacating the title here because they cheated all the way through to win the World Series. That's where I think it makes the most sense. I think if you vacate the title, which is an option, or I guess it's not an option anymore, but if they had chosen it, it could have been at the bottom, you know, cheating scandal. Like, that would be the major asterisk on a on a season, right? And I think... The difference here between the Boston punishment and the and the the Astros punishment is the Astros continued to cheat even into twenty nineteen, right? Yeah. They continued, right, and and they still haven't gotten suspended. I mean, we've heard the Yankees um, being a name that's been thrown out that got you know reprimanded for something they did with technology, and they stopped right away, right? Because they're like, okay, we're a storage franchise. We're not going to be idiots about this. Um, the fact that the Astros didn't get any sort of real punishment, like no players, no um, no staff members aside from the coach uh, and the and the manager there. But 
the general manager story, it, it's you're right. It says to me that a team like the Padres, who can't win a damn game when they need to, can go out there and cheat, and all they're going to get is a slap on the wrist. Like, all right, we lost a second-round pick, but hey, we want 13 more games. Great. Exactly. And we're in the postseason instead of, you know, like there's they, – they had a fall guy in Boston, so I don't know – Again, we don't know the details of this situation, but there's more to it, right? Like when Manfred talked about coming out with this huge, with the, with the, I guess the conclusion of the, their investigation, they said, "Oh, it's going to be massive. Like we have, we're going to wait for it. Like there's something coming. Don't worry, there's something coming." And everyone's like, "Good," because it's time for people to get in trouble for stupid crap that they pull. And this to me is like, ah, all right. Well, whether they cheated or not, you need to set some sort of tone. Exactly. And the league didn't set a tone. Exactly. And to me, anyone's gonna go out there and cheat. Hell, you can catch, you can steal signs for a couple of games because you're on a bad turn and be like, well, we turned our game around. No, but you cheated while you did it. But eh, whatever. Slap on the wrist is all we're gonna take, and that means nothing to us. Right. And all they took, like, think about it. Between two teams, they only lost three draft picks. Yeah. Or. Did the Astros lose four, like first and second round for two I years? I think they lost first and second for two years. Um, so they lost five draft picks total. The MLB draft has how many rounds? Like thirty or something. Like, that means take them. Take them. We won a World Series, and you're not going to take the World Series title away. Take it. Take the draft pick. We'll trade it. We'll trade three draft picks for a World Series title. Basically, what happened? Like, um, just to clear up my thought from earlier, um, it was the New York Giants who stole signs against the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1951. Mm. Actually, the uh, the shot heard around the world was in that mm. series. There you go. You had a connection with the Dodgers somewhere. Um, the other one that was famous for stealing signs was the Milwaukee Braves on May 26, 1959, openly stole signs against Smokey Burgess, who was the Pittsburgh Pirates. Sorry, no. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Harvey Haddix was pitching, and Smokey Burgess was the catcher for the Milwaukee Braves. And he openly stole signs and gave it to every player. Crazy thing is Haddock's through 12 perfect innings. Perfect innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lost in the 13th inning. The only Bla- Braves... Yeah, so he his sign... he's He was getting all his signs stolen and they still couldn't get a hit. There was only one Braves player who did not accept the signs and it was Hank Aaron. Because Hank Aaron's a absolute gem of a player right there's a couple other instances um but nothing as bad as the giants in 51 up until the astros and i mean sorry the red sox and yankees won in 2017 with the apple watch that was the other one but i think but the thing is nick i think Cheating's been in the game, right? There's always the sign-stealing aspect of the game, right? When you're at second base, and that's why you change your signs. That's why you, you do things to change it, right? Like, that's a part of the but game. But there's a di- I, I, I think there's a difference. Between using technology and using replay. Exactly. And, and, but the thing is, we're also in a world where technology 
is the basis and the foundation of how we how we learn and how we live now, right. right and and i think the the mlb needs to make a new rule where it's like technology is not allowed you want an ipad that's for video replay and that's well, that's that is the rule. That is the rule. Yeah, but they're but they're not enforcing. I think there should be a, a an officer of the the, the the league walking around going, "Let me check." Like it has to come down to something so stupid to be like, "You got to walk around. We're gonna make sure you have no devices except for the ones that are provided by the league." Right. And eventually, that's gonna. That's like, the difference. It's such is... a dumb thing to do that you're gonna do with, you know, grown-ups to be like, "You can't use some things." But you're still going to use it because you've been told you can't use the forbidden item. Like, yeah. well, here's the difference. Ready? Perfect, mm-hmm. perfect example. NFL. What did the NFL do three years ago? Uh, you'll have to. No, it's it's very it's very straightforward. What do you see on every NFL broadcast now? When it comes to technology. Oh, I'm blanking here. The Microsoft Service Surface tablets are the only piece of technology that are on the sidelines. They're all mandated by the league. Right? That is how the NFL has avoided technology being used to steal play calls. Because those are only hooked up to replay systems. The MLB has not done that yet, which is you know what? That's fine as long as teams are using replays properly. Doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's a way to figure out what pitch is coming based off how a pitcher throws. Sometimes, did you know that? Yeah, it happens. Yeah, you can see from the leg kick motion how the pitch is going to swerve or whatever. You're going to see it from exactly. the release. You're going to see it from the shoulder. Like, there's other ways to know what pitch is coming, but I don't think you need technology to yeah. tell you. That. And you're right that there's been sign stealing forever, and it's always going to be a part of the game as someone on second base. But you have to get to second base to in order to steal the sign. You have to be on base in order to try to steal a sign. And it's tough. Like there's there's ways to do it. And like we we had people trying to steal signs in junior ball when I was playing. Mm-hmm. Against my team who at one point was 0 and 13 or something. Someone was trying to steal signs against us. Which is funny cuz we didn't have signs. We, our pitchers weren't good enough to have signs, so we just threw the ball. Um, it It's baffling that people are going out of their way to try to steal signs. Like, just prepare better. Prepare your game better. If you're if you're that if you're struggling that much, that means you're not ready. It's as simple as that. To lose because you built this massive team, and I think that's what the Astros did. They got into their own heads. Yeah, they have exactly. this amazing talent, and they're exactly. just afraid to lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. You're right. Um, but I just, I, I can't believe the punishment did not fit anywhere near the crime. So no, but it's because of the precedent set by the Astros. But so I mean, the Astros won originally, and then the Red Sox oh, yeah. won after. But just, yeah, but that's the problem. They've the now Sox set a precedent. Yeah. And if anything like this happens again. This is what they have to go to, which is a joke. So, like, hey, they got a slap on the wrist. I don't think we deserve anything more. Yeah, they they kind of screwed themselves because if they had taken the title away, right, and someone does a sign stealing scandal not as bad as the Astros, 
then they don't have to take the title away. The title, the taking the title away would have been the top of the precedent. You could have done anything below that. Now the top of the precedent is this. That's that's your top. Not not here. Not not here. It's it's here. So you you really limited yourself as to what you can do. Um another MLB note to talk about. Uh it was released this week that MLB is hammering out a new deal in which excuse me, sorry. Um they will cut the list of teams that minor league in the minors that are affiliated with MLB teams by 42 down to 120 affiliated teams. Now, for those of you who don't care or don't pay attention to as much of um, the minor league system, which is fine. like I didn't until I started doing this show, I'll be honest. That would mean that every MLB team would have four affiliated clubs. And the way it would work is most likely, and I'm not I'm not 100% because they haven't released all the information. I'm going off of multiple different stories and trying to piece it together. But what that would mean basically is that every team would have one AAA team, one AA team, one A team, and one rookie ball team. Most likely. Yeah. Which, most likely, yeah. which makes sense. Um, to put it into perspective, like the Blue Jays have, I think, seven affiliated teams right now. Don't know why. Um, there was a this story sort of started um, back in November when I think talks started happening. It is now updated um, a little bit, but back then the forty-two teams that looked to be cut, um, there was four double A teams, four high A teams, six low A teams a ton of short season a ball and a bunch of rookie ball teams. Um, the blue Jays actually had one, te- one of their teams on that list that I can see that I know off the top of my head is a blue Jays team. And that was Bluefield, Um, and that was a rookie ball team. Um, the Jays have two of those technically because the Vancouver Canadians are also considered rookie ball. I think I'd have to check that. I think they're rookie ball. They're they're some sort of A variation because A ball has like eight different seasons. Because why not? Um, So I think it makes sense to standardize how many teams are there for each team. So having 120, which means every organization has four affiliated teams, makes sense. Um, I maybe would have gone 150. And had every team with five, just because I know short season ball is important. Um, especially with the draft being in the middle of the season, having that short season slash rookie ball, which they have a bunch of the teams, um, actually does make sense. But I understand going to 120. Uh, now, how could this affect some of the teams? Well, Unfortunately, some of the bottom end players who were on that fifth team of yours or sixth team of yours or seventh team of your MLB affiliate, they're going to be playing independent ball. They're not going to be playing affiliated baseball anymore. And um, that does suck for sure. But by having standardized, I think it makes the most sense. Um, Your thoughts are fun. So I agree with it. I think every team should have equal footing. Like if you have four teams, you have four teams, and you keep it the same. Not one team has seven, one has four, one has five. Like yeah. keep it uniform. 
And then players that are in those bottom leagues, for example, should be given the opportunity, though, to make that fourth tier, whatever that may be, or given another opportunity to continue playing ball as much as they can. Yeah. I mean, that seems to me like that's maybe what they're going towards, but keeping it uniform at 120, I think it's fair. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how they get down. Um, I'm not really sure that there's a bunch of talk about the regulation as to why. So, like the Appalachian League. Um, hold on, I'm just I'm just trying to read this quickly. They've the MLB has had a long time to shut down the Appalachian League, and they've reserved the right to do so. Um, so that one is probably going to drop. There's ten teams in that. The other fifty are all franchises. The other 150 minor league teams are all franchises that operate within the minor uh, minor league baseball. Major league baseball agrees to provide players and coaches through the BPA, but the teams themselves are owned and operated independently. So until there is a new BPA, um, there's no there's no way to know who's getting cut. So as again, that list that I saw that's changed multiple times since November, um, and probably will continue to change. But it's going to probably get down to 120 teams, and we'll see that probably uh-huh. for the 2021 season, so next season, because that's when the BPA needs to be signed. Yeah. So. That's something to keep an eye on as well for all you baseball fans. I know we're starving for sports news, and thank God we actually got some this week because we had something to talk about. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we're putting updates all the time. Lots of fun articles about the draft that went out this week. I did our first MLB season preview for the AL East. The rest of the divisions will be coming in the next couple weeks. Um, next up is the AL Central. Keep an eye out for that one. Uh, Irfan and Kyle are working on articles as well, so keep your eyes out. They will, whenever they're ready, they'll be posted. Don't worry. We're not hiding them from you guys, I promise. Kyle actually got his first one out this week on Leonard Fournette and his possible trade move, so make sure you take a look at that. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Irfan, anything you want to add on before we sign off for today? No, I thought we covered a lot of good sports today, which is nice. And uh, thank you to our two guests that were on a little earlier. I uh, love their insight for sure. Yeah, Michael was fantastic, and Chris was just so happy just to be sitting there listening. So <laughs> Chris has some work to do to catch up on his movie list. Um, <laughs> I have some work to do, apparently, and I thought I was pretty good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was great having Chris Manella from York 9 and Michael Orlando from Hollywood Canteen. Make sure you check out their store when we can go to stores again um, at 1841 Danforth East. Um, got great, Obviously, he's got some great content, and he definitely knows his sports movies. So if you're really bored, just go in and talk to Michael about sports movies. I'm sure he would love that. Or call, or call them or something. Yeah, exactly. Call them, whatever. Um That'll do it, I guess, then. Uh, make sure you vote this week for our Movie Madness Finals. Moneyball versus Remember the Titans. We all had our vote for Remember the Titans, but let's see what you guys say. And we will have the announcement of the big winner on Saturday. Other than that, thank you for listening. 
And for everyone here at Garage Door Sports, we will see you next time.